Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, May 31st, 2022, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our next two Starseed Quests to Arkansas are August 12th through the 15th and November 11th through the 14th. If you have at least one galactic marking on your chart, you're eligible to attend, and if you're interested, you can write to crystals at starseedhotline.com for more details. Our very special guest this evening is Christopher Macklin, who was born as a highly aware psychic child in Chester, England, and was often visited by negative ETs as a young child in his room at night. His screams brought his parents to his side, but not believing him, they felt that Christopher was only experiencing nightmares. He was able to perceive energy fields, spirit activity, multidimensional phenomena from a very young age. This left him to learn early on how to deal with the presence of negative ETs in his life. He began to use his psychic abilities and the power inherent in his Melchizedek soul to understand why they were visiting him, how to remove them from the planet, and how to heal the manipulations and violations that he eventually understood they were inflicting on an unsuspecting humanity. These early experiences would form the basis of Christopher's life work. Today, he specializes in healing abductees and others who have suffered related negative ET trauma. He assists people in removing negative ET presences from their lives, clearing homes and land, and closing multidimensional portals. He also works tirelessly with Illuminati fallout children who have been mind-controlled and physically tortured by ET-influenced governmental agencies and institutions. In addition, he works very closely with the Pleiadians and Arcturians to help heal and rebalance humanity. His new book, History, Truth, and Healing, addresses the negative ET presence and how it has affected humanity. At his website, which is globalenlightenmentproject.com, you can learn more about ETs, the good and the bad, manufactured diseases, the Galactic Federation, how to connect with your galactic family, mind control, and many resources for enlightenment, as well as several other great books. Christopher offers free global meditation healing three times a week, and you can sign up to participate on his website, globalenlighteningproject.com. He also has a protocol for removing Lyme disease and other manufactured diseases in his book. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight, in case you might have a question for Christopher. Now, first up, I want to introduce Anastasia and her wonderful Starseed News. Hello, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. Great to be with you. On the last day of May. Isn't that something? We're coming into June. Where 
Yeah, but where'd the month go? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, got some interesting stories for you tonight. Uh, someone is hiding cash all over a Canadian city, and the residents of that town are loving it. An exciting and mysterious game has these residents of a Canadian city searching through forests and fields for money and prizes. People in New Brunswick are following cryptic clues that are posted in the Facebook group entitled Mystery Machine. The game began with the creation of the Mystery Machine group and a single clue. May 1st, 7 p.m., $100 hidden at Ritchie Wharf. Well, dozens of residents flocked to the wharf, and the money was found within a matter of hours. Since then, the creator of this mysterious game has posted a clue a day, and the number of followers are now in the thousands. Sometimes the mystery poster makes comments that suggest that he or she is watching the hunters as they search for the cash. Checkered shirt, you are not close at all. Yellow hoodie, he's in the ballpark. Savannah, how did you get so smart? (laughs) The Facebook page reads, I am back to make amends to the city and the people for the family's dark, haunted past. Hmm, that's it. That makes you wonder, what is he talking about? Anyway, he goes on to say, follow the clues, find the treasures. Beware of the whooping screams that still here at night. Well, regardless of all that, a resident said that whoever it is, they've done something very special for the town. It sort of ties together social media and being active, getting people outside and socializing, she said. I think it's absolutely wonderful what they've done. Well, the final installment of the game will be held uh, on some Friday. I don't know which Friday, but it's supposed to be held on Friday. And they're going to have a bigger-than-usual payday that Creator has promised on his Facebook page. A bigger-than-usual payday. I'll let you know if I get word that it is a really large sum of money. I'll report back to you in two weeks if I can do a follow-up story on this. But I thought that was a sweet article. It sounds like fun. It showed a photograph of a little chest, a little plastic uh, pirate chest opened up, $100 bill inside. People are having a ball. Uh-huh. Well, have you ever found a stray puppy? Well, that's a sweet thing. But a family accidentally brought home a baby coyote thinking it was a puppy. Yep, a family in Massachusetts thought they'd found a puppy, but it was actually a distressed baby coyote. Cute as a button, pictures on the net. Well, the eastern coyote pup got separated from its mother, and was found wandering by the side of a very busy road. So they picked it up. They didn't want to get hit by a car. Um, They thought it was a puppy, so they picked it up. Well, after realizing they had a mistake, and I don't know what made them realize that. There's no details on that. But the New England Wildlife Center has said, with the help of the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, we were able to determine there was no potential exposure to rabies, and they were to clear him for care and permission for rehab by Massachusetts Wildlife. Well, the lost coyote is now recovering comfortably at a wildlife center. The nonprofit said he will soon have a foster sibling to keep him company, another baby coyote apparently. Well, once pups receive their vaccines, they'll be raised together and will be given a chance to grow and learn natural behaviors in a large outdoor cage, according to the rescue center. They said we work hard to give them as much of the natural parenting as possible and will work to replicate the essential behaviors and skills they learned from the mom and dad. Well, the situation had a happy ending. The, 
the coyote puppy survived. But the Wildlife Center has warned people that it could have easily gone differently. They said coyotes are considered a rabies vector species in Massachusetts and are susceptible to contracting the virus that's deadly to all mammals, including people. If the finders had been bitten, scratched, or had extended contact, we would have to mandate to euthanize the pup and test for rabies. We're grateful to every single person who takes the time out of their day to help wildlife when they are in need, but we always encourage people to call the appropriate resources prior to intervening because it will keep everyone safe. So that's, that's according to the state of Massachusetts. But I was more interested in the story of the family who found the puppy, the coyote puppy. Really cute little, it looks like a dog, real cute. Well, in the world of art, some very famous photographers are selling their prints for relief money to go to Ukraine. A company called Vital Impacts is nonprofit. It was founded by an award-winning photographer along with another photojournalist. Well, normally this group sells fine art images that precedes, uh, that benefits, excuse me, organizations that sustain the planet. They're environmentally conscious, so they produce their artwork to help the planet. But now they've turned their focus to support uh, people in conflict zones. Not just Ukraine, apparently, but other conflict zones. However, more than 100 National Geographic photographers have donated their image for this initiative, and 100% of their profits will be donated. Um, and that is going to go uh, to Ukraine. Now, the, the group has provided more than 48 tons of medical aid to Ukraine since the war began. They said 100% of these donations are going to go to people who need it on the ground. And he said, when we announced this sale, the response was immediate. We sent out the call on a Friday, and by Monday we had more than 75 images. Everybody wanted to become more engaged and to help. Well, he says that photography is important in times of upheaval because it helps to document what's happening. He said photographers risk their lives reporting crucial facts about the situation on the ground. They work in exceedingly difficult and dangerous conditions and help stir the world to action. If it were not for the photographers who stayed to cover the brutal attack on a maternity hospital in Ukraine, we would not have known that it had not been emptied of patients, as Russia claimed. Photographers also remind us that we have more in common than the divisive discourse around the world that people would have us believe. Photography has a unique ability to transcend all languages and help us understand our deep connections to one another and to all of life on this planet. It's an important tool for creating empathy, awareness, and understanding across cultures, communities, and countries. The sale is full of images that remind all of us of the surreal beauty and enduring power of the human spirit. I think that's a wonderful article because it shows how we can uh, use our gifts and talents for the greater good of many other people. It's just one example of spirit in action. I think it's a lovely story. And I'm very interested in this, and I think you might be too, because we have such increasing water shortages across the West and actually the rest of the world. Water is becoming increasingly a problem for us. And now they have invented something. It's a cheap, inexpensive gel film that pulls buckets of drinking water out of thin air. So, as I said, water scarcity is a major problem for the world's population at large. But with the right equipment... Drinking water can be wrung out of thin air. Boy, I wish I used to have this in the old days of hiking in the desert, having to lug canteens and bottles of water on my back. 
Well, researchers at the University of Texas at Austin have now demonstrated this low-cost gel film that can pull many liters of water per day out of very dry air. Now, this is what the gel is made up from. Uh, the ingredients are cheap and common. One is cellulose. I'm sure you recognize that as having come from the cell walls of plants. And something called cognac jump, gum. Cognac gum. It's a widely used food additive. They often use gums in food processing. Well, those two components alone will work together to make this gel film that absorbs water from the air and then releases it on demand, squeezing it. doesn't require much energy. The first, the uh, porous structure of the gum attracts water to condense it out of the air around it. The cellulose is designed to respond to gentle heat of your hand by turning uh, the captured water uh, out of the sponge and into a jar, container, your hand, whatever. They tell us that making this amazing product is also simple. The basic ingredients are mixed together then poured into a mold. It sets in only two minutes. After that, they freeze dry it. Then they peel it out of the mold, and it's ready to use. It can be made into any shape that's needed, and it's scaled up, and it's low cost. It's easy to make a lot of it. In tests, the gel film was able to wring an astonishing amount of water out of the air. At a relative humidity of 30%, it can produce almost 3.5 gallons of water per day per kilogram of gel. And even when the humidity drops to just 15%, which is low even for desert air, it could produce more than a gallon and a half a day. That's a huge improvement over other water harvesters. So the new gel's efficiency could be improved even further, they say, by creating thicker films, absorbent beds, or other array formations of the material. It's extremely inexpensive to, to make. It costs as little as $2 per kilogram, and they say that they want to scale up the technology and get it to remote areas across the planets where it's needed the most. Aren't human beings so inventive? Awesome, yeah. man. I mean, all of our ancestors had had that. It's just incredible. If you've ever been in the desert and not had water and been thirsty, I mean, wow, that's tremendous. Or anywhere and not had water, no matter where you yeah. are. Um, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Okay, and there are some interesting effects or inventions in the relationship to seeds. Now... We all, I think all of us here in this choir, in this group, understand that we want our seeds uh, free of stuff, okay? We don't want them sprayed with stuff. But uh, manufacturers of seeds, producers of seeds, have found that seeds contain fungi, bacteria, viruses. So what do they do? They chemically treat them before they sell them to farmers. But there's a new system that substitutes microbiome-killing, okay, uh, using uh, substances and chemicals to kill these things on seeds, uh, they are using something very different. Um, no chemical treatments, um, that not harmful to farmers, not harmful to people who consume the food, not harmful to the environment. And so it starts with using electrons instead of chemicals. In 2008, a large system utilizing the technology was announced by scientists from Germany's Institute for Organic Electronics, Electron Beam and Plasma Technology. Wow, just take that in. Now, wow. this system of cleaning seeds and processing them for planting, they pass the seeds through a stream of accelerated electrons, 
which destroys the chemical bonds of fungi and other pathogens on the seed's husks. Importantly, however, the embryo and endosperm inside the seeds remain untouched. This means that after the treatment, the seeds were still very much viable and also non-toxic. Now, in via a collaboration with German agribusiness, the system has been made mobile. This is a big deal. Whereas seed suppliers would previously have been required to transport their seeds, huge amounts of seeds, to a facility for treatment, the system can now be brought to the farmers where the seeds can be treated on location. And the cost is the same, not more expensive than traditional chemical treatments. Um, and as an added bonus, beneficial bacteria or growth-boosting fertilizers can be deposited onto the seeds after their husks have been disinfected. A non-toxic way of treating seeds. Fabulous. An wow. improvement. Well, I want to thank the a Starseed listener for the next uh, article. She's been so helpful to me along our time together with Starseed News, and she sent this. And, you know, I had, I had no idea. <clears throat> so I'm curious, does the rest of you know anything about this? Or if this is helpful to you, I think I need to share, you, share it with you. Uh, she's very well informed, and thank you, Sarah, for your help in putting together this news tonight. Uh, did you know that solar energy could be bad for your health? Uh, that maybe we should consider a building biologist. I didn't know there was such a thing. Uh, before we put in our solar power systems, we should probably check to see if we're EMF sensitive before putting in solar power because, according to this, there is a shadow side to solar power systems. Solar power systems, also known as photovoltaic systems, can have detrimental fix, uh, health effects due to the following things. One, electrical noise. The inverter injects electrical noise called dirty electricity into house electrical circuits and devices that can be irritating to sensitive people. Even people who have not been conscious of sensitivity in the past could experience discomfort. People have reported symptoms of nausea, headaches, and fatigue from dirty electricity. Number two, high magnetic fields. Photovoltaic systems, as well as other alternative systems, can cause unwanted current flow on your house grounding system, as well as neighboring houses. This can cause high magnetic fields in the living space, depending on electrical system specifics. The current flow carries pulses made by the inverter that produce symptoms in some people. Number three, radio frequency radiation. Wireless communication is frequently part of an additional system for billing and equipment monitoring. This EMR in the microwave or radio frequency range of the electromagnetic spectrum, it's termed radio frequency radiation. The American Academy of Environmental Medicine uh, released a letter way back in 2012 to the Public Utilities Commission of California and uh, speaking about this concern. They said, chronic exposure to wireless radio frequency radiation is a preventable environmental hazard that is sufficiently well documented to warrant immediate preventative health action. Mm. And number four, there are health impacts, apparently, to solar power. It might come as a surprise to most people, including myself, that having solar panels on our houses can cause health issues. So it would be wise to do research before installing solar panels at our residence and probably 
you ought to be studying it before you decide to do it. That's a big surprise and something of a disappointment. Yeah. I thought that that would be, you know, the ideal perfect solution. So read about it. If this is true, we pass it along. People need to be informed. Had you heard anything like that, Ariel? No. Have you been no, I haven't. That? Me either. Never Me heard either. anything like that. So we all ought to do some research and see what we can find out. All right. Bottom line, don't well, believe the marketing. <laughs> Whatever well, someone's trying to sell you, don't believe the marketing. No, Have we not learned that over decades of amen? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So do your research. Absolutely. Well, here's a delightful story. Me and, you know, we're capable of so many good things. Well, here it is. A woman shared some footage uh, on her TikTok account. And the footage, the video, uh, was taken from her door camera. And it showed an elder, del- elder delivery driver, elderly, excuse me, elderly delivery driver, dropping off her takeout. And she never expected this video would go viral, but it did. Within days, her clip had over 10 million views and 17,000 comments from people that were concerned that the man was still working instead of being able to enjoy retirement because he's 71 years old. Now, one comment to the video read, this makes me so, so sad. I get all emotional when I see the elderly working to survive. Somebody else wrote, I hope this old man is just working because he wants to stay active and have something to do. Old people shouldn't have to work. Well, rather than sitting back and basking in her 17,000 views fade, she decided to do something nice for the 70-year-old one, oh, 70-year-old man, and she set up a fundraiser to take donations for his retirement fund. The woman is 21 years old. She's from Idaho. And she reached out to this old guy, and she set up a GoFundMe page for him, sharing the details of the fundraiser. And within just five days, kind-hearted strangers managed to pull together more than $84,000. On the GoFundMe page, the 71-year-old said he also works as a security guard on top of his delivery driver job and is struggling to make ends meet as he's also caring for his two sons following the death of his wife in 2011. So, uh, wow. $84,000. And I That's so wonderful. I mean, you know, wow. Okay. Although I have to take issue that 71 is old. It's not old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. That, I, I didn't say that. Okay. This, my final story for tonight, is just adorable. Now, I pard, pardon me, I don't have pictures. Just use your wonderful imaginations. You're starseed. You all have great imaginations. The title of this article is, Till Death Do Us Bark. In, inseparable dogs housed at a shelter get married in an adorable ceremony. Now, these are two chihuahuas. Two inseparable shelter dogs got married in an adorable ceremony with their own specially made mini chapel, complete with a bubble machine. Oh, God. Well, here's, here's the little girl dressed in a, a wedding gown. It's a hoot. She has a veil, picture two little chihuahuas, and her dress is wrapped around her neck in the front part of her body, and it's got arms, somebody, it's like a doll arms, cloth arms coming out of it. She's holding a, a bouquet of pink roses. The little boy dog's dressed in a tuxedo. It's adorable. I'm sorry, but it's just cute. 
Anyway, as nine-year-old Peanut and three-year-old Cashew got married at the San Antonio Humane Society in Texas, both Chihuahuas were surrendered in April of 2022 by their families to the shelter as they could no longer be taken care of. Yikes. But this little couple met in this facility. Uh, it was a medical building, actually, at the shelter because they both had dental surgeons. <laughs> both dogs had to have their teeth worked on, and they met in the dental surgery and instantly bonded, according to this article. Now, after the crew at the shelter saw their relationship blossom, they decided to organize the ceremony in hopes of finding Peanut and Cashew their forever homes. The romantic occasion featured the pups dressed to the nines with a red carpet flanked with dog-shaped hedges. (laughs) And the Public Relations Association at the Humane Society said the celebration was to celebrate their love and recovery together. Their small, intimate wedding was shared with staff, volunteers, and our closest friends. The event included a beautiful walk down the aisle, bubbles, music, and cake, of course. Well, they even built a mini wedding chapel for the occasion. It's made out of plywood. (laughs) It's cute. Well, a couple (laughs) of days before we had some volunteers who constructed Peanut and Cashew, uh, uh, their very own chapel in their own time, complete with a bubble machine for added fun for the dogs. The dogs had a lot of fun with the bubbles, she explained. And then she went on to say Peanut and Chestnut are both available together for adoption. Or you can adopt them separately. But we're really hoping they get to continue their honeymoon together forever. They're trying Aww. to get them adopted out to one family. Well, the San Antonio Humane Society is a nonprofit, no-kill organization. Been around since 1952. It said every year, shelters across the country medically treat and re- rehabilitate thousands of dogs and cats who remain in care until they are adopted. It's sweet. You've got to check these pictures out. Google it. Peanut and Chestnut. Texas dogs get married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you. We have to smile. And what can make you smile better than a beautiful dog, a loving animal? Uh, life is good. Well, from my heart to each one of you, much love. Go out there and shine <clears throat> and do your beautiful works. There's opportunities every day to do beautiful things. I love each and every one of you. Thank you, Ariel. Great to be with you tonight. It's going to be a good show, too. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the news. <laughs> good job, Anastasia. We'll talk to you in good two night. weeks. Good okay. night. Good night. Okay. All right, so I'm going to open up Lavendar's mic and Christopher Macklin's microphone. Okay. Welcome to the show, Christopher. We're so happy to have you with us. Oh, thanks, Ariel. It's beautiful to be here. Bless your heart, and thank you for having me. It's great. Oh, it's going to be a good show. Lavendar, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay. So, Christopher, I took your book, and I read it, and I left. I thought I left it in Oklahoma, but I, then I realized that when I packed it up, it was, it was actually here. So your book is awesome, fantastic. I'm so glad you wrote it. Now I don't have to, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I've got to tell you though, um, you're probably going to ask me how I wrote it, because I've got severe dyslexia, and the answer is we do have a ghostwriter, I dictate it, so bless her, and the lady actually interfaces what I know with the outside world, so people can understand it. <laughs> so, okay. But I well, enjoyed writing that book, it was great. 
I have I have dyslexia too, so I understand that totally. And when I was reading um, the information about your ability to, you know, bilocate and and be taken out of body, I really I really want to uh, know more about that. That is very interesting. I know a lot of people are taken to the Tetons, you know, in January and July inside the mountain for these meetings. And uh, when I was reading about your experiences. I wanted to ask you, are you part of the meetings that happen in the Tetons in Wyoming? Uh, no. Um, I mainly, well, there's a Galactic Federation, and people people have different ideas, different federations for different things, like Palladium Federation, Actorium Federation. The Galactic Federation polices all time and space. Uh, it's very big. It's it's fairly big. I, I kind of chair it with two of the Mechizedek beings. And they take me out of body, you know. When they go, I mean, normally they give you, like, notice, like, okay, we're going. And you either go soul-wise or you physically they take you. It depends. You can always tell because when you come back, if they physically take you, you feel as though you've been beaten with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Every bone ache. Oh, yeah, my goodness. We know that one. <laughs> these, these things go very fast. But, of course, if you're taken out uh, by the soul, you just, you know, you have to be lying on the bed because, you know, you're not in your body. So, you know, you, you're gone. But uh, sometimes when they do an emergency, I, I remember they did an emergency and, and they took me out of body straight away and I didn't have time to lay on the bed and I was kind of collapsed on the floor. My wife came in and she was, oh my God, is he had a Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He's gone, he's gone to the Federation to do some things, you know. So we go periodically. Uh, we do a lot of work uh, helping police the time space on the planet, uh, clear the crystalline structure around the planet, which, you know, fills up with a lot of uh, very tumultuous energy let's say because of course you know look at the state of the world it's you know i mean i don't know if you guys would recognize i think it's not i mean i love it but it's not as i was reading your book i realized that you have a lot of information about et technology and implants so if you would and by the way we have a very awake audience that that tunes into us i would say 50 percent of our audience uh, really knows a lot about all your subject matters. So just be free, free to just, you know, let it fly. <laughs> okay, just let it fly. Yeah, I mean, I've been working with uh, nanotechnology for 14 years with a world-leading toxicologist. And, of course, there's a lot of lying and cheating going on out there. There's a lot of people who don't understand this technology because, well, because it's, you know, they haven't seen it any, anywhere anymore, you know. Um, and so 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I started looking at this technology and thought, wow, you know, this stuff, very interesting. And it was it was uh, nanoparticles. Um, they create them out of, like, you know, think about this. They, they grow in the body. How do they grow? Well, what do you need for growth? Carbon-60, uh, which is graphene oxide, whatever, you know, some sort of carbon form. Uh, they bind uh, the spirochetal stealth pathogen of Lyme disease to it, so it's bound to it. They also add in things like nylon 36, 33, plant material, different things. Um, and it depends whether it's a sphere or a tube. Uh, they can actually now, they can put inside it, uh, they can put CMOS chips, you know, complementary metal oxide chips, and that's where you get the transmission from. These things are, you know, it's like 0.1 of a nanometer uh, transistor clusters inside this, you know, this this nanotube, and, and it transmits with three frequencies. It can monitor your body, and they also grow. So, how do they grow? Well, you've got carbon, you've got all these materials that you know. You're going to say, well, how the heck do you get, you know, 
nylons to grow. Well, the way they bind it to these materials, it grows. And, you know, you need carbon, you need oxygen, you need warmth and moisture. And all those elements are in your body. So it starts to grow through your body. And so Morgellons has been around for a while. Of course, the CDC, FDA didn't recognize it. They just thought, you know, wow, you're nuts. You know, what, you've got some plastic coming out of your skin or you need to go see a psychiatrist. And, you know, it kind of infuriated me a little bit because I thought it was really sad that no one was recognizing this. And so what we started off doing uh, to treat this thing is, is we have a special energy from the... I was born as McKeel's that being, so it's space-time continuum, or we'll call it tacking energy. It's not the same as Tesla. It's a little bit different. But what it does, when you apply this uh, energy to these nanotech, it starts to fry them. Um, but they got cleverer. So it was working initially, and then I realized it wasn't working as well. And I thought, what's going on here? And I realized that the Greys, you know, you know about the Greys paperclip project. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Abduct people, steal your eggs and sperm and bits of your body, and, and you can have some technology. Not okay, but, you know, it's what they did. And, in fact, the Greys were swept off the planet. Um, I actually chaired the meeting with the Collective Federation where they, they swept them off the planet. The Actorians got them off the planet, and they're very crafty. Took them off the planet about, I think it was three years last June. What they're doing now is they're coming through portals. They were banned from the planet, but... If you think about it, if they open a portal and stay in the portal, they're in a different time space, so they're not actually on the planet. So so they're kind of, in England, we call them cheeky blighters or cheeky monkeys over here in America, you know. So they're messing about with people still, uh, but it, it has curtailed a lot of the abductions. But anyway, going forward, so uh, what happens is the off-planet technology, it has a metallic structure which can actually jump uh, time-space. So, for example, if you apply that energy to start breaking down the molecular structure of those particles, what happens if it switches in time-space to the fourth dimension or somewhere else, and so it's gone? So you're applying tucking energy, nothing there. And when you stop, it switches back. So I had to find a way of stripping these things out of the body, and, of course, this is in, you know, if you want to talk about the new vaccines, all this Magellan's particles is in the new vaccine. It's a bioweapon of... You know, as we all know, it's it's very dangerous, and I, I would like to talk about the particles in this you know bioweapon because we've analysed and looked at them. But anyway, going back to more gallons, so I had to find a way of they they couldn't hide in a different time space, and it took me a while. It took me about two years, and it's funny because when I wrote that book, History, Truth, and Healing of Manufactured Diseases, um, I asked uh, the McHugh's that beings, can I publish it? No. Why not? It's not ready. But why not? You know, and, and so, you know, I, I put it on hold. I tried to get it edited and do things, and nothing was happening with it. And I thought, it's really strange. And I said, okay, I'm, I, I agree. Let's not publish it. Let's leave it. So then I came across uh, a lady who had more gallons, and she did the Akashic Record clearing the McKeel's that Beans. Because McKeel's that Beans, I don't know if you know this, created the Akashic Records. And it was to stop people going back in time on time machines and altering other times you know timelines and messing up the whole time space continuum here so for example you know if you go back on this timeline lavender you can't alter like if you go back to 1936 and want to do something with hitler you can't do it because his timelines already happened so that's why the akashic records were put in place to uh consolidate and lock down the time space continuum no one can alter it so so how do we get over um, these particles, switch it out of time-space? And so she 
she did the she did the meditation. The stuff went absolutely nuts. I thought, oh, it doesn't like this meditation. Okay. And so I meditated on it, looked at it very closely and realized that the it doesn't like it because it's a solution, because it's got a weakness. And the weakness is this. You know, think about this. So you're on a timeline right now. Yeah? So if we split your timeline and we put you, which the, you know, one, there's two Michaels that means can do this on this planet, but you can split your timeline in two. You've gone a path of divine alignment. Of course, then it's up to you to stay on that timeline because, you know, you surrendered to God and, you know, amazing things happen. It's, it's been extraordinary. The results of it, you know, closest to God has got a lot more powerful. So you're on the timeline, complete wellness, where all the stuff is at your body. And on the other timeline, all the stuff, which is the Morgellons particles, Brilliant Line, HIV, AIDS, Agent Orange, and everything else, is split out on the timeline to the sun. So as it starts separating out, um, it separates it out of the body. It's been incredible. Now, so going back to the time-space continuum switching thing, why does it work? Well, think about it. It's on a new timeline to the sun, so it's stuck there. So if it wants to hide, it's going to switch time and space for a little while, fourth dimension or fifth dimension. When it comes back, it has an Akashic Record timeline. It cannot get off that timeline. So it resolved the problem of the hiding, and I was really so excited by it. And we worked on over, what, 360 people now, and it's had incredible effect. Got rid of more gallons, got rid of Lyme, got rid of HIV AIDS got rid of Agent Orange, and, you know, uh, and also uh, it strips out the whole components, including spike proteins and everything, including the uh, nanotubes, nanospheres inside the vaccine. So it's, it's been incredible. So I was so excited about that discovery. But it took me two years to figure it out. So, so, so let me ask you, um, do you think that the implants in people's bodies have been placed there by ETs or by our government is um, triggered by Wi-Fi or 5G. Can you can you comment on this a little bit? Well, they used to use. Uh, they actually use for, for the implants. They it, it goes off planet. Um, they actually can trigger them and monitor them by satellite, which is terahertz frequency. I mean, we're up to 5G gigahertz. You know, uh, what is it? Um, you know, 10 gigahertz to 30 gigahertz, something like that. Not quite terahertz yet, but. The original Morgellons particles were actually interfacing at terahertz frequencies, microwave frequencies. So, uh, and that can be read from a satellite, you know, and that's why they used it, of course, because they could monitor people. And I'll give you an example. I had a nurse who who had terrible Morgellons, and what they do is they switch, they light the stuff up. They can switch it on, and it starts doing crazy stuff, and her body would heat up, and she'd get really sick, you know, uh, and it lit up at night. So. What we did with, uh, you know, the world-leading toxicologist is we basically created a Faraday cage because it takes, you need holes half the wavelength to attenuate that frequency. And so she had to sleep in this cage to get any comfort. It was incredible. So it does work on terahertz frequencies, but of course what they've done is they've brought the frequencies down because now, um, you know, and that's why you need so many towers because the wavelength is uh, very short. So you need lots of towers around, but... It's communicating with your body, and that's why, you know, uh, if you look at people who take the vaccine, which is more gallons particles inside the vaccines, you've got graphene oxide nanotubes, and it's not just a nanotube, it's got a CMOS chip in it, it's got all the, you know, all the, graf- uh, all the nylon 3633 elements, uh, it's got uh, a whole slew of things attached to it, it's not just graphene oxide. 
And I think the problem with scientists is they just look at the surface. Oh, it's graphene. They're not looking like three or four microns down and seeing what else is bound into it. So that's the tubes, you know, and they have CMOS chips, transmit receive frequency, so you become a kind of 5G tower, basically. And the other thing so, they have in it is... So let me ask you, you know, um, a, a, a smartphone has graphic oxide, it, it's built in. So if the person has that in their body and they have the cell phone, then what happens? Well, it can talk to them, you know, and I think what they're doing is, is creating repeater stations from your cell phone and from the tower so they can monitor you, you know, you have a, if you take the vaccines, you have a, you know, a code and, and they can monitor your body, they can see what your heart rate is, they can see, uh, you know, if you've been running, if you had sex, what you're doing, you know, if you're pregnant, they can monitor so many things in your body, you know, your body doesn't become your own and that's one element of it, you know, that's one element, so they can monitor the body. Um, the other element, which is uh, a little bit more sinister, but I would like to mention it because I think it's important if that's okay, is that... Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Nanospheres. What's a nanosphere? Why do they make nanospheres? Well, I'll give you an example before I tell you what to do. So what happened is that uh, this lady, the toxicologist, she's been to court many times with many people being poisoned by these nanospheres. How does that work? Well, I'll give you an example. There was a, a group of nuns, six nuns, fell out with the Vatican because, you know, you know if, if you don't know it's satanic, I don't know what to tell you, but it is. It's full of Luciferian symbology and stuff going on, child trafficking and everything else. So, so they fell out, didn't want anything to do with the Vatican. So what they did is they, the Vatican set up a drone to dust them with what they call smart dust and nanospheres. Now, it's 10 to the minus 9. They sink through the skin. And then they all, now, it was the same dust but every single nun got poisoned with a different thing. One got anthrax, uh, one got tubularia, one got something else. Why is that? Well, within a nanosphere, and don't forget, this is, this is microscopic stuff, you know, to the point of looking at an uh, electron microscope, and they can put 92 holes in it. So imagine it's got a, you know, it's got a trigger point in the center with gold, and it's got um, the ability to release different things from each hole, whatever you load it with, uh, depending on the frequency. So, like, one hole's got anthrax in it, so, oh, let's give that person anthrax. If you trigger a frequency, bang, they've got anthrax and something else. So, th this stuff is very dangerous. And, uh, like I say, each one got sick, you know. Um, luckily, the toxicologist is an incredible woman. Um, she's been doing this for 40 years, and, you know, she uh, got them well by using different thing, different technologies and different supplements to get rid of the stuff. And so, but this is the vaccine, uh, the nanospheres and the vaccine. So why do they put them in? Who knows, you know, maybe their plan is to release new viruses that are loaded in the nanosphere. And that's my belief, you know. I've see, we've seen them in the vaccines. So, so it's just important to know these vaccines aren't good for you, you know. I'd encourage anyone to get it out of your body as quickly as possible. That's true. I, I did want to ask you about the implants that maybe be directing some of these kids to pick up guns and start shooting. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, yeah, the graphene, uh, I mean, they can alter, you know, uh, the nanotubes can get in the brain and alter people's, it alter people's perception and thought patterns, you know. The, the, it's very clever technology. And certainly implants, even if you've got one implant in the brainstem, that can actually influence you, influence you completely. You know, you become you become robotic effectively and they can skew your thoughts completely. So, yeah, I, I agree, they certainly do. But I think 
I would like to introduce another element of these shootings as well, and that is, you know, when people are depressed, and, you know, we're all starseeds, we're all listening in, you know, um, and what happens is that starseeds especially get targeted by these reptilian creatures, Anunnaki, Draconians, Luciferians, snake beings, and, all, and the Archons. What they want to try and do, they're all clubbing together. They want to shut you down. They don't want you to shine. And, of course, you know, with Starseeds, we're in a huge spiritual, spiritual battle. Now, if it's the av average person in the street who's mentally unstable and everything else, uh, they're not protecting themselves. If they get an attachment, it can actually almost take over the body. And so they're doing things that this attachment, or, you know, for example, draconian, they're very dark. They just want to, you know, go out and eliminate the planet. And so, you know, this person will go out, and they're not in the right frame of mind because it's not them who's speaking. It's the being within them. And, you know, I, I watched a thing on Ted Bundy, which, you know, I was very fascinated by. Um, you know, you know he killed 36 women. And I wanted to understand what drove him to it. So I was watching this uh, thing, and I thought, wow, this is crazy, you know, something. This is not the behavior of a normal human being. And then the end, uh, he was on death row, and he got interviewed by a reporter. And this was really interesting. So the reporter said, when I spoke to him in third party, like, how would they do it? He would tell him, like, oh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's this way, that way, however he killed them, you know. If he said, how did you do it? This entity got really mad. His eyes went black and he got really aggressive. So you can tell that these entities are, you know, completely, they it completely possessed him. It's not the normal human behavior. And that's what goes with mental illness, you know. A lot of mental illness uh, caused by attachments and everything else. We see it every day, you know. I mean, we work on, what, 2,000 people a week, and, you know, uh, we have amazing results. But, you know, entities also cause this thing. So that there's a lot of uh, aspects that can cause these shootings, you know, for sure. Well, I've been I've been looking at this for a very long time, and, and um, I realized that some of these shooters throughout the last 20 years a lot of them, their mothers were um, drinking Diet Coke or aspartame when they were developing their bodies. And I always thought that that had something to do with the way the children were, were groomed for this, for the shooting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, aspartame is just not good for you, you know. Why it's in, you know, why it's in Coke or anything else for that matter is beyond me, but, but it is, of course. And, and you're right, you know. It dehydrates the cell, it alters the brain, um, you know, the chemical structure of the brain. But also, you know, when people aren't in control of their body and they start to get mentally ill, these things will attach and make it 20 times worse. So there's an, there's an element of everything in there, you know. There's a culmination of everything. So do you have a lot of um, uh, people calling you and talking to you about the new technologies to take care of all this? Do you have some of the Tesla kids that are calling you and saying, I've got the invention? Uh, I do. We actually uh, are connected at the moment. We're, we're doing a huge project, uh, the Pyramid Project, and we're, we're in touch with a lot of the people who have all the new technology. Uh, the Tesla will not take care of the graphene oxide. It won't take it out of the body. It'll help detox. But if it grows, you've got to remember this stuff, if, if it grows through the body, it becomes part of your body, part of your tissue. So it's not, you know, it may help detox, like, for example, with Lyme disease, but it doesn't take them out of the body, not the nanospheres or the uh, the the um, graphene tubes. doesn't take them out of the body if they're, if they're allowed to replicate. And, of course, you've got to remember also that one of the key instruments with 
Brilli Lime, HIV AIDS, Agent Orange, and Morgellons is it depends how robust your DNA is. If it's really robust and you haven't ingested agrobacterium, which is GMO foods or in old vaccines, it's probably the new ones as well, uh, then if your DNA is robust, uh, you won't get an immune response. The immune response will suppress any replication of this, you know, this technology. If you ingest agrobacterium and it starts to damage certain chromosomes, like 53, you get bugs coming out of your skin, all sorts of things. So it depends, it depends how robust your DNA is. If you haven't ingested agrobacterium, especially GMO foods, and I, you know, I'd really recommend anybody. We do have a... Uh, I call it a prayer, but it's a map of intent, a food prayer, where if you say it, it removes any modifications that are godlike. So, it, you know, because if you go to the store, you can't believe. If it says, oh, non-GMO, organic, you know, yeah, okay. Uh, if they have a bad month and they need to make money, they'll just get the average stuff and put it in the same bag. You know, you can't believe people anymore. So, That's personally, true. I think, yeah. you, know, yes. you, you know, you know what food's like. I mean, here the food's, you know, it's just destroyed you know i mean but it's what it is so you know if you do the food prayer of it, it revibrates it moves any modifications because you're setting that intent and it's all about your intent it's just a, a map of intent effectively so that really helps so uh, do you have a, a product to take to help uh, uh, disconnect some of these um, foreign objects that are being placed in starseeds bodies do you have some kind of product that helps people? Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's my gift, you know. We either put you on the protocol, if you've taken the vaccine uh, or you've got Morgellons or Lyme, HIV, AIDS, aged orange, we put you on the protocol and the timeline splitting, so it separates it out using a Kashuk record timeline splitting. And once we've done that, you've got to remember, if you just do that, it'll come back. Why is that? Because we haven't reset your DNA. So what we do is, you know, it takes about 10 weeks to separate the timelines enough get your vibration high enough, and then we invoke a DNA change. Now, the, the, where the, the life began in the first cell is actually in the sacred point. So what they do is they repair all the chromosomes, uh, connect all the helices together, and reset your DNA, not even in the womb, but back to the blueprint of this lifetime in the Akashic Records. That means that once you've done one cell, it's a knock-on effect on the next cell and the next cell. And, you know, it takes about 10 weeks because you've got billions of cells in your body. And that's, you know, once you've done that, you won't have Morgellons, you won't have Lyme, as long as you don't ingest agrobacterium in GMO foods or vaccines. Yeah, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. So you live in Missouri, right? You live in Branson, is that right? Yeah, we're actually just building a new house just outside, but yeah, around Branson, you know, we live in Ridgedale now, which is like a small small village, actually, just outside, about 20 minutes from Branson. So what is your new what is this project that you're working on? Is it something that the star seeds can can uh, uh, come and see you or be a part of your community or what is it you're doing? Well, it's probably uh, you know I don't know it's the big, biggest project probably spiritual project on this planet you know it's one of the biggest projects we've ever done. What we're doing is we're getting a hundred thousand acres uh, in a certain location. Why is that? Well. What they're doing is we're building with the Arcturians, because the Bikilzdek beings work really closely with the Arcturians. We're building three off-planet pyramids, because, you know, if people didn't know, the Giza pyramids were built by Palladians. They weren't built here. They were switched in time and space and, you know, uh, assembled and everything else. So now these pyramids are built in Muldavite. They're built, built off-planet. Uh, they're building now. They've built two of them already. The third one's underway. 
And what they're doing is the biggest one, which is 999.999 feet tall, will be on the main ley line. And then the other two, 666.666 feet tall and 333.333 feet tall, uh, will be on the golden curve. The, the next largest and then the next largest will be on the golden curve, so they'll power each other up. So why do we want to bother doing this? Well, basically because there's so many blockages in the ley lines, the satanic symbology and everything else with banks and everything else on ley lines, that this will flush it all out. It'll actually power the energy up in the ley lines because they've ailed a lot. And so it will help power the planet back up and get the vibration really where we need to. But the other thing it does as well is people don't realize, you know, you talk about the deep state and the things going on and, oh, my God, it's terrible, you know, and the Nazis and everything else. Well, it's true. But that's not the biggest problem. You know, these guys are, a lot of them are reptilian hybrids. But the reptilians, where do they live? Oh, that would be underneath the planet. So you've got, you know, um, you've got the Luciferians, you've got the Anunnaki, and you've got the draconians living under the planet. Now, uh, if you don't do something about them and you take out all the reptilian hybrids and everything else and clean everything up on the surface, in 50, 100 years, it's going to go south again because they'll create new reptilian hybrids. So it's important to move these guys on. So how do we do that? Well, they can't live. They're in the fourth dimension. They can't live in a 5D world. So if we power this planet up and get the vibration and the pyramids are going to really help do that to a point where they can't stay on the planet. And, you know, another thing you've got to realize as well, and I don't really know this, but um, the reason why people like Gates and all these people are trying to spew things in the air to block the sun out, because they're saying it's global warming, and, you know, uh, glo you know in my opinion, global warming's an absolute pile of nonsense, you know. Um, but, you know, these guys are saying it's really bad. I mean, the Earth is just going through a cycle. And she manages, Mother Earth, you know, Gaia manages herself perfectly well without us, you know. So so what's happening is that they want to reduce the oxygen level here. What's the best way of doing that? Block out the sun, kill off the plants so, you know, they're not getting enough sun. The oxygen level goes down, which is not good enough for us, but it's good enough for the reptilian creatures below. So that's one of the agendas. And I don't think people actually realize that, you know. That's one. There's nothing to do with global warming. I mean, you know, someone, uh, unfortunately, my father, he, he listens to all the main news, and he said, well, I heard there's a big problem. I said, what's that, Dad? He goes, global warming. I said, oh, okay, so what's happening? He goes, well, cows passing wind is creating global warming. I said, oh, is it? <laughs> you have to be kidding. you just <laughs> got to be kidding. You know, but, you know, so I said, you're telling me cows farting creating global warming. He goes, yeah. Oh, okay. So I thought, well, never mind. You know, I don't judge him because, you know, I believe, and um, you know, this this goes for everybody in Starseeds. It's really important. No, don't judge anybody because their narrative understanding of what's going on in the world is from their understanding. So if he listens to the BBC, of course, he's going to get a very different understanding than all those who listen to and research a lot of different things. You know, so I never judge people. It's their, you know, it's their, it's their life. So in your contacts with the, with the Arcturians, what do they have to say about World War III or anything that's trying to make that happen? Well, I don't think World War III is going to happen because, uh, you know, first of all, Biden doesn't have any control over the militia whatsoever. Uh, if he did, uh, if you think about it, he would have sent them to Ukraine right now because all the deep state child trafficking and everything else, which, which is all those parties, they're all involved with it, are going to be exposed. So he would have done it by now. But I think the other thing as well is, 
nuclear weapons won't be allowed down here. They'll be disarmed, so you'll never have a nuclear war. So I wouldn't worry about that. So you know, I don't, you know, I don't believe in wars. I just think it's all made up. It's all, it's all sadly uh, about greed and control. You know, I think we all know yeah. that. Right, right. You know, so, it's sad, and you know, I look at this poor country and think, wow, you know, it was so good, you know, a year or two ago, and look at the state of it. With <laughs> it's nuts, you know. But but I think it's to wake people up, and I think it has to happen because. You know, the average human being in the street who doesn't know anything just goes to work, comes home, watches TV, goes to bed, you know, does the same every day, and then maybe they'll go and see the kids playing football and go home and watch TV again. They're just not awake. And, you know, for the average human being, it's very difficult to wake people up. Again, this is just an observation. It's not a judgment. That's up to them. But sometimes, you know, if you tell one of these people, like, well, there's child traffic and they're torturing children in America. Nah, it doesn't happen in America. Nah, you know, and go back and out of the business and Oh, by the way, you know, there may be alien biz now, you know. Eventually, when you've told them about 36 times, something will, some light will go, oh, my God, it can't be. And, yeah, you know, so it takes a while to wake people up. And our job is just to try and hold the space for people and, you know, gently nurture them towards the understanding. Some of them will get very reactive because, of course, they haven't processed the emotion, in which case, you know, you have to leave it alone and love them from a distance. Yeah, that's true. I, I find that a lot of people in the last two years, people that I thought I knew, I really didn't because of, uh, of all the <laughs> yeah. polarity play that's going on on the planet. <laughs> so, well, I'm shocked, I, I, actually. I'm, yes. I mean, honestly, I'm, uh, you know, I'm shocked about, you know, some of the people, you know, and we work thousands of, you know, quite a few thousand people a week. And, you know, I find some of the clients, even really evolved, well, I took it because I wanted to go on holiday. Oh, you've got to be kidding, you know, but they took it. And, you know, then, you know, I've had invitations from my wife's family. Well, you can come down to Fayetteville, but you've got to take a PCR test. No, that won't be happening, but that's okay, you know. So we don't go anywhere. We only mix with people who are very, uh, under, you know, yeah, evolved enough. Too good yeah. to get this. Plus the fact, and you know, I want to share this with the audience as well, and I don't know whether any of you guys have felt this, is because I'm hyper, you know, I'm really hypersensitive, like I can smell food about 100 yards away. And if they bring something out and, oh, it smells awful, even though the average person would be okay, but to me, I'm hypersensitive and it doesn't smell good. You know, none of the food nowadays in the restaurants smells good, even good restaurants. You think, wow, what's happened to it? Something's changed. And I think yeah. maybe it's also... It's also was getting more hypersensitive. Well, I, so, well, I, I think what's happening, what I think is happening in restaurants is that is that we're smelling Monsanto. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're <laughs> smelling the smart dust. That's the, the yeah, nanoparticles no, that are in our food. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why we buy off farms. We don't, you know. I get sometimes. I mean, obviously, veg sometimes you get it from stores, but you know, wash it, check it. But, you know, we go to farms. I mean, you know, I buy meat from farms. You know, I don't buy it from anywhere else because you can't, again, guarantee what you're getting. I mean, you know, if you look lately, I was shocked to find 182 uh, processing plants throughout the U.S. Processing meat have been burnt down. We find on Saturday the biggest egg-producing farm in America burnt down on Saturday. So, obviously, oh, hang on, there's a bit of a pattern going on here so you know i would encourage people you know don't scaremonger but you know do get some dried food in just to make sure you've got something for two or three months if there's a blip you know which i'm sure there's probably going to be i mean they're not oh, doing this for no reason 
Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I'm not sure what I just heard you say. Did you say that they burned down the biggest chicken uh, producer? Where was this? The big, biggest egg producer. I can't remember. I, I was watching it, and I looked at the, the photos. You know, it's huge. And it was the biggest egg producer in America. Uh, I've looked on the news. It was. It would be alternatively. It's not on the mainstream, of course, because the 182 uh, processing plants isn't even on the mainstream either. You know, and you think, well... That's a lot of processing plants. You know, if you burn down too many more, there's going to be no meat processing plants left, you know. So, uh, what is, obviously on an agenda. What is their, what, so what is their agenda? Um, basically, their agenda is to uh, have a food crisis and shortages, you know. Okay. And they're actually doing a good job. I mean, if you go into, if you go into uh, stores, there's not a lot there. You know, things are missing, you know. Uh, so... You know, there's issues with milk here and all sorts of things. So, you know, they're, they're certainly they're certainly doing it. But like I say, it'll get to a precipice, and I think it's going to shift completely. Yeah. And that's coming. So uh, I see what time it is, and at this time I'd like to, to pass you over to my co-host, Arielle. Uh, she has the switchboard, and would you be willing to talk to someone that maybe have a question for you? Yeah, I'd love to. Bless your heart. Thanks, Lavidon. <laughs> It's been Good. beautiful to talk to you. Bless your heart. I hope it's been, I hope it's been useful. Well, I want to uh, maybe come and visit you sometime. So uh, I will keep in touch, and uh, I'm really interested in your projects. We have a lot of star seeds that that are have been coming to Arkansas for some time, and so I would love to uh, to pay you a visit and see what you're doing, and see if we could somehow go into alignment to assist you, because we have well, a lot honest, of star seeds. That are looking oh, yeah, for this wonderful. information. Yes. Mean, the other thing about it, you think about this, you know, if these pyramids are there and they just drop out of the sky one morning and suddenly they're there and the mainstream media, they go, oh, my God, they're going to be all over it because they don't realize what they are. Oh, God, and it'll get out and, you know, and we're not going to say too much about them. They're going to do what they're doing. And it's, oh, it's a gift from God, you know, healing pyramids and, you know, come and see them. You're going to get millions of people a year, like 100 million people want to see them. So, you know, we, we are going to have to, it's going to cost about, they they believe, the team I'm with, and these are the top banking people who are doing the quantum, all this, that, and the other, um, they, they believe it's going to cost about $200 billion to create an infrastructure so that you can actually get people around them and, you know, bust them in. And we're going to have meditation gardens. are going to be, you know, you know 10,000-acre farms so it can feed its own people. So when you go to restaurants, you know, it'll be food from the farm. You know, it'll have its own bar. It'll have its own clinics, you know, it's a small hospital with people who get it, you know, so that emergency stuff can be done by doctors. It's going to be huge, you know. It's, it's, it's a huge project, you know. So many so years ago, I think it was 1983 or 84, I was in New Mexico and I received a transmission about pyramids that would be allowed to come to the United States of America because it looked like the pyramids of Giza would no longer be in use. No, they're not. And the reason is because they've moved so far from the ley lines, they're not really doing their stuff. And so uh, what the Actorians are doing now is they're, they're building these so they can actually move them in the future. Maybe in 500, 1,000 years, they can move them to, you know, to the new ley line locations. So, yeah, so this, this is it. You know, it's actually been in biblical times, and you know, there's a whole story to it, but don't want to go into that. You know, I've been back here, biblical times or whatever, you know, to do the same thing as I'm doing now. But, but to me, this is one of the most important projects. I mean, people say, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying, well, 
what percentage of people are aware? Oh, we're about 80% there. Well, we're really not. You know, I don't know if you realize this, but we're about 2.5% of people awake. And what I'm talking about awake is I'm talking about you've done your work, you're back to your sovereign self, you've got a really high vibration, you've got absolute faith, you know, uh, maybe 2.5%. You know, we're nowhere near that. And that's the vibration of the energy you need in a person as a collective to transmute to, you know, trans, transcend to the fifth dimension. And we need to get to a collective of 8.7, so we're not there yet. But, you know, we're working on it, you know, so... It's going to happen. It is going to happen. I really oh, feel it's like. Going to happen. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So at yeah, this time, happened. I'd like to pass you over to my co-host Ariel. So back to yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Ariel. And Christopher, so anytime much. you want to come on and talk to us about something special that's coming up that we need to know, <laughs> you always have an invitation to come on our show. Okay. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much. I hope you. I hope it's all okay. The information was it? Yes. So okay. back to you, bless Ariel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, hello. Uh, just before I, I start um, with some questions that I have, I want to let people know that if you are listening on the computer and you want to ask a question of Christopher, then um, you have to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then when you get in, you press 1 so that we know you have a question. So I wanted to um, kind of delve into your book, um, History, Truth, and Healing, uh, because it seems like there's so much in there um, that that we haven't even talked about yet. So first of all, uh, from your um, experience, understanding, and knowledge, uh, I know you had negative ET experiences as a child, but now as an adult and having done what you've done and know what you know, uh, would, how, would you say that the, the negative ETs are dwindling almost to the point where they're uh, becoming more ineffective? No, I think, personally, I think they're getting worse because I'm seeing people... I think what's happening to me is that you know the 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 reptilian creatures, you know the Luciferian, the, you know the Archons, they're all working together, and because we're coming to a precipice, more and more people are waking up, so they're accelerating their agenda to try and attach to people. They're trying remote view people, and if you've got remote viewers, you know, um, you know, you might wake up one morning and think, "What? Well, I feel as though someone's watching me," and you get this like butterfly feeling in your stomach, like, "Why am I feeling this?" You know. And, I always tell people the answer is if you're feeling something, something's not right, you know. And again, we need maps of intent to remove these things. They're trying to attach to people. They're trying to mess with people. If you can't, you know, as a star seed, if you get to the highest, high enough vibration, what I call the God space, which is really high, and you, you know, leaping out of bed, you get excited for your life. You're doing your gifts, and uh, you know, life's wonderful, even though outside it's kind of not. But you know, within your life. You create your reality. So you're a high vibrational being. That means your energy field is high enough they can't get within 50 feet of you because your energy field so high. So what do they do? Oh, they mess with people around you. So they'll mess with your work colleagues and they'll mess with you know your family. And so they get all south and 
that's what's happening. If they can't play with you, they'll go and play and mess about with your family. So they get a little aggressive for you. So you think, why is my family going south for me? And it's because these things are trying to manipulate them to, you know, to create, to get to you through your family. So I think they're actually uh, more aggressive now than they've ever been, you know, to be honest. Okay, true, true. I understand exactly what you're saying. But I'm just talking about um, there are so many uh, races, members of the Federation, who do abide by universal laws, you know, the Pleiadians, yeah. the Arcturians, the Syrians, the Lyrans. Um, my, my question was really asking, um, isn't there a lot more good, um, you know, ETs than bad? Or, oh, yeah, looking after us now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I think, you know, I mean, if you look at Palladians, you've got Palladians, you've got Arcturians, Sumerians, Atlantarians, Sirius A and B, you know, you've got uh, Lyrons, you've got, uh, you know, the what's the crystal ones? Lumerians. You know, you've got a whole host of, you've got because they're beings, I mean, there's five of us here as well. So, you know, we're all working to the common ground of, you know, uh, helping wake up humanity. And, of course, you know, the free will is... A problem, of course, because, you know, the beings off-planet can't interfere without us saying, hey, we need some help, come on down, and, you know, they come down because they get permission. But I think, you know, yeah, I think there's there's a whole host of beings doing various things, you know, planting uh, esoteric crystals or even crystals, you know, in, in the ground to really help raise the planet. There's, you know, Palladians, the Actorians are actually helping with the wobble of the Earth, trying to stabilize it. There's a whole slew of things happening, so I, th- I think it's great. But, but I do think, you know, people have to realize that if you are a starseed, you know, most starseeds have had a tough life, you know, um, because right from the start, they know who you are. Oh, you're a starseed. Okay, we're going to attack you. We're going to attach to you. We're going to do stuff with you. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a tough life, you know. And to get out of that, you know, uh, you have to just keep releasing the emotion. And, of course, you know, we choose families sometimes where, Maybe they're not the best, the most loving, because if you had a loving family, you wouldn't be doing anything because, you know, the the biggest events in life, the most crazy events, the most torturing events probably is the best for growth. And, you know, there's no time, you know, we have to really show up. And so you, you choose a family where you're going to get these lessons to really strengthen, you know, yourself and get back to your sovereign self. And I think that's an important uh, key instrument right now. Yeah, I talk to a lot of star seeds in my sessions that um, that had a really tough time growing up, or that they have um, had to deal with uh, physical uh, disabilities or, or or diseases that that they have overcome, so that now they can teach and speak from a place of knowing. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, so it, it helps to. Um, it helps in your work if you are, you know, like you helping people heal from, you know, negative ET trauma. Well, you had to experience that because you can't just go up to somebody and say, oh, I imagine it's really hard for you. It's like, no, I know how hard it is. I was there too. So that, oh, yeah. you know, it gives, yeah. it gives a platform of, a- of, of credibility. And it's like, look, I got out of it. So can you. But um, for the, for the, the younger star seeds, because there has been um, for the past, well, since December 21st of 2019, is like mm. that's when the floodgates opened, um, yeah. and it was before anyone ever heard of, of you know COVID. 
we we I mean star seeds were waking up all over the planet. We were getting requests from countries that you know uh, we hadn't ever gotten from before. And it's I've just I've called it a massive star seed awakening. And and a lot of them uh, you know they they might dream of the word star seed and then wonder what that's all about. They get on the computer, they look it up and that opens up this whole uh, world, but and, and my advice to them, as well as um, you know anybody that's listening now, is that you've got to take what you find on the internet with a grain of salt because there are a lot of websites oh, yeah. that have <laughs> they have a yeah. few nuggets of truth and then a whole bunch of baloney mixed in, um, and they try to sell the you know they try to sell the baloney with with the steak and pass it off like this is steak too. Um, yeah, but they're, they're kind of reptilian. You know, that, that's what the reptilians do. I mean, they tend to, you know, I've seen people's channel reptilians, and you know, they say, oh, you know, two, one or two goody, like, wow, that's amazing. You know, how did you know that? And then suddenly they'll they'll tell you a massive lie. You know, two truths, one lie, and and it'll send you off the path that you're meant to be on. You know, so and, and oh, that goes exactly. With, with you're absolutely right. Re- reptilian energy and reptilians. These reptilians, they're trying to interfere with readings they're trying to fear with everything you know it's crazy but uh, you're absolutely right you know and uh, most of the internet a lot of the internet stuff is nonsense same with the truth seeking community i think that there's a lot of hijacking there's a lot of mistruths and you know, i always encourage people look go with the intuition listen for a bit if it's not resonating switch it off you know because it's it's clearly not for you you know and I don't really watch very much. Don't watch the news. Don't watch anything. You know, I just, I just talk to the accused of beings all day because they've got all the answers. You know, and it, it really helps. <laughs> and you know, I mean, people yeah. often ask me, "Well, when, when's this transition up in America?" Well, how can I tell you a date? Because I feel like twelve, fourteen weeks. There's going to be some significant changes, but that can change within four minutes. Why is that? Well, there's so many people involved. We're playing. You know. They're playing a chess game, eight to ten thousand moves each time, you know, and and you know you move one move and everything else changes, you know, so you can't really right. say when it's going to happen. But I know I can feel that because the energy and the um, momentum of all this, you can feel the transitions getting closer. So it's exciting, actually. I mean, going yeah, back um, to going back to being, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> going back to I really liked what you said. Um, when you when you you said that if you keep your vibration high enough, then yeah. you know then all of these lower, um, um, uh, say a darker energies, they they can't touch you. It's it's like um, like kryptonite. <laughs> if your light is high enough, it's like kryptonite oh, to yeah. them. But they'll you know, go away. They think, can't get you. But they will they will try and play with people around you. But you know, I think that's key, you know, and, and it takes a while to do the work. And the other thing I would, rec- you know, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I don't know if you agree with it or not, uh, but what I found, I mean, you know, when I was born, uh, I don't even know this, I, I, they've tried to take me out 289 times up to now. Uh, as soon as I was born, I had eight strokes. I burnt my back when I was four really badly in hospital for a year. And then other stuff happened and this, that, and the other, you know, when, you know, car wrecks. Um, there was, uh, I went to, I went to India and I was in the, Tibetan Northern Camp, because I went to Dharamasala and, you know, McLeod Ganj. And when I came back, they said, you've got to stay. I said, stay for how long? Four days. Why? You've got to stay. I said, why? 
just stay. Okay, I'll stay because, you know, if they say three times, you better be listening. So, okay. So I changed my ticket. <laughs> On the day that uh, I was meant to leave, the aircraft never took off. It uh, went to the end of the runway, blew up on board. And I said, well, is that for, meant for me? And they said, well, yeah, that's why we told you to stay. And so they do things, you know, uh, 289 times, seen it, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's attempts to take you out because they don't want you to do the work you're doing, you know. I'm not saying it's going to be extreme for you guys, but they, you know, they do do things to make you sick. You know, I got dusted five years ago with a bioweapon, two malaria. It was a solvent and a binding agent. And I knew, I went to this Conscious Life Expo in L.A., and I felt it. I thought, hang on, what's that, you know? And I started to get really sick real quick. Uh, two malarias from rats, and they've, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bioweapon, you know, uh, MI6 use it. And what they do is the binding agent, they mix it with the binding agent, so it binds the cells, and they use the solvent to actually deliver it through the skin. So all they have to do is just spray it, you know, and so I was sick for like two days, massive temperature, cloudy breeze. So I worked on myself, got myself back, and now the stuff, I've got a little tumor thing on the side of my face because it's collected in there. I've just got to take care of that now. But, but you know, all these things are there because they try and make you sick because they don't want you to succeed. And that means that, you know, we've got to get back to our warrior selves, the sovereign being we are. You know, I don't believe, I don't know you guys, but I don't believe in gurus. It's all a pile of nonsense. You know, as teachers and helpers, you know, we're here to try and get people back to their sovereignty so they can help other people because the whole planet needs help, you know. And I think that's right. really important. But one thing I, one thing I learned, being a because of that being, you know, so I went bankrupt, you know, uh, had no money, lived out of a car, absolutely nothing, not even for food sometimes, like seven days without food or whatever. But uh, anyway, not feeling sorry for myself, it was great because it was really liberating because it got me away from this third dimensional blah, 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 you know. And so, so anyway, I, um, you know, I knew I was because of that being, went to Belize, see a lot of, saw a lot of uh, visions about my past life, what I was doing, what I'm doing now and everything else. And so I started meditating with the because of that being. Nothing happened. I thought, oh, okay, let's do it next day. Nothing happened. A week, and this was two or three hours a day, nothing happened. A month, nothing happened. And Now, the reason why they do this is that the star seeds, you know, your star seed family, like if you're Palladian or whatever you are, it sounds brutal, but they don't want to waste their time with people who aren't committed. They want to see you committed. So... I would really encourage everybody, you know, don't just give up after a couple of, oh, they're not contacted me. And the other thing about meditation is this, is, you know, if you want to contact them, it's no use listening to guided meditation. You need to lie there and learn to quieten the mind. And there's different, there's different, uh, you know, uh, kind of things you can do to that. You know, for example, if you've got a shopping list, just write all the stuff down. Okay, I've written it down. Don't have to think about that anymore. And just let the mind go and you know it takes a while to be able to train yourself to do that but once you do it and once they connect with you wow things really start to happen it's incredible yeah no um i want to continue the 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 point about keeping your frequency high enough and um i'm going to mention just a couple of things that i know for sure brings your frequency down and some things that bring your frequency up and then if you would you know, expand on that. So, as you already said, judgment, um, you know, anger, revenge, all of those kind of things, that takes your frequency into the toilet. And and then you are vulnerable because when you're down there, you're, you know, you're, you're crawling on the floor with all of the, all the vermin 
<laughs> so to speak. Absolutely. And they're going to attach to you. <laughs> and they can get attached to you that way. But if you keep your frequency up, living in gratitude, showing compassion rather than judgment, um, these things, you know, laughter, I don't think your frequency is ever higher than when you are, you know, laughing and, and, and joyful. Um, and that's, it's a challenge to, um, to stay there because something it in is. the third dimension happens and, and it's like, oh, that was my parking spot. And you go right into that, that polarity. Uh, and that's when you have to kind of jerk yourself up and, and go right back to thinking about something that gives you, you know, a joy that brings you, that you're grateful for. Um, and, and hanging on to, you know, whether it's, you know, things from the past um, things that happened yesterday, uh, things you know from the childhood that just that just keep looping, that keep you down. Yeah, so, they do. You know, it's people ruminate It's almost like it's the, the clothing, you know, like the the, the 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 suit of Clark Kent. That's the clothing of all of this negative stuff, and you just got to rip <laughs> that thing off if you want to be Superman. Yeah, bye. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's, I mean, I've just I said that with with humor. But <laughs> it essentially you got to you got to peel that you got to peel all that off of you if you want to be able to fly. So, um, are there you some other them. things that you could recommend for people to um, help themselves keep their frequency high? Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things I agree with you is gratitude, and I think you know sometimes people think, well, you know, okay, I'm going to give it five minutes, so you know, hold a gratitude stone. God, we've got five minutes. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful, grateful, good for food. That's enough. Right, I'm busy. Bye. You know, and it doesn't work like that. To me, gra- gratitude is a way of life. I don't know if you agree, Eric, but I feel grateful every second of every minute of every day. We're going to, you know, non for profit. You know, uh, it's it's very successful. We work a lot of people. Got ten staff and. And all the things, and you know, I don't do anything but healing, you know. And I always recommend if people want to run a spiritual business, whatever it is, you know, do the things you really love. Don't do the things you don't like because it's going to spoil the business. For example, um, you know, we have an IT guy charges a hundred dollars an hour. Uh, can I do it myself? Yeah. Do I want to do it? Oh, absolutely not. So we don't do it. You know, I bring him in, and I just focus on the healing. Another example: Do I like accounts? Now, accounts and myself do not mix don't like and you know we get a lot of transactions and so do I do my accounts and want to try and you know count all the money no so who does it we pay the accountant $1,500 a month she does the well it's a company they do the whole thing it's QuickBooks online don't have to worry about a thing they put the report in every year the 990 don't have to worry about a thing so you know don't have this thing worry about oh I can't quite afford it step out in faith and just if you do your gift and really focus on God's gift, everything else will just be paid for, and it happens, you know. It's, you know, I always tell people, God's got your back. And I think that's a really important thing, you know, understanding God's got your back. But to keep in a high vibrational place as well, I think what you've got to do is set boundaries. Um, you know, my, you know, sadly my father, he's 87, and this is not judgment, it's observation. He's been crabby all his life, like mean. Uh, he was abusive as a child. Uh, I've forgiven him a long time ago. Not a problem. But what happened a couple of years ago is uh, we had a conversation. It was actually uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, was Easter, yeah, it was Easter Sunday in the morning. 
And I spoke to him. He said, well, all you've ever done is, you know, and just put me down, berated me, passive-aggressive, uh, narcissic. And I was listening to this. I thought, oh, this is it. You know, I'm going to set a boundary. And it was a huge boundary. So I wrote to him. I said, Dad, I've just been analyzing and listen, thinking about our conversation. And it was both passive-aggressive and it's not okay, I'm done with this. And I said, you know, you abused us, both my brother, my, myself, and my mother verbally uh, when we were young. And I said, you continue to um, berate and use narcissistic and passive-aggressive behavior. And this is not okay, I've decided to cut you off for the minimum of six weeks because that's my boundary. And he was mortified by it, and rightly so, because it changed him. Is he perfect now? But what it did is set a boundary, so he's not going to break me. Why didn't you get the vaccine? Why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? Uh, he doesn't do that anymore. So, you know, what I'm saying to everyone, don't be afraid of setting a boundary and digging your heels in and saying, you know what, I deserve better than this narcissistic, passive-aggressive behavior. And so if you set boundaries, now the, the, the relationship's much better. You know, he's nicey-nicey, you know, which is great. I do, we don't, you'll find as a Stasi, you don't have many people around you because they all go on a mile because you think, oh, you're nuts, you know. And so you <laughs> might have one or two really good friends. The rest think you're an absolute loop, you know. And that's okay, you know, because, you know, to me, if someone call, you know, calls me like absolutely nuts, I think it's a compliment. Like, wow, thank you so much. Someone's <laughs> recognized I'm absolutely nuts, you know. But in fact, what I think is nuts and what you think is nuts is, not what people out there think is nuts. It's you know, it's it depends on your you know your definition of nuts. You know, but but I love it. You know, right. so I would encourage yeah. people set bounds. Don't be bulldozed. Don't allow people to get narcissistic and project their stuff on you because it's not okay. You know, you can love them at a distance. You know, unconditional love is loving somebody uh, in the way you can without getting this you know co complete beration and things going on. So, you know, I'd really encourage people set boundaries, healthy boundaries. It's really important. Oh, that's that is so important because you know a lot of a lot of especially younger star seeds um, they just want to be they just want to be nice they just you know they 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 want to be kind and I mean that's that's a good desire but they think that being a sacrificial lamb is one of the ways of doing that and and that's yeah. not okay. You no, know, no, so, it's not. Yeah. You see that a I lot, mean, actually. I mean, you must see it in your work. You know, I mean, people, people. you know, and I've, I've been there myself, you know, powerless victim when I went bankrupt and, you know, uh, trod on eggshells, you know, didn't want to upset people. Now I'm not interested. You know, like, for example, you know, if you've got a neighbor, you know, and you want to invite three neighbors, but the, the fourth neighbor's like, oh, I don't really want to invite them, but I have to because they'll be upset. Don't invite them, you know, because it's okay to stand your ground and set your boundaries, you know, because you don't have to have people in your house you don't want. So be honest, be real. It's not being mean. It's just being honest, you know. I mean, you just tell them, oh, you know, I didn't invite you because, you know, whatever. Or I didn't invite you full stop, you know. It's okay. You don't have to invite people you yeah. don't want around you. You know, if you set those boundaries, and then what you're doing is you're creating a sovereign being out of yourself and getting that inner strength that, wow, I can set my boundaries. You know, I've been there, you know. <laughs> right. Ariel, I've, I've been a powerless victim. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm not doing that anymore. And, you know, I've been there, you know, 
treading eggshells. Oh, we're not doing that anymore either. And, you know, you learn. You learn to get that inner strength. And now, nothing, you know, I've got healthy boundaries. I love people. I do my best for people. But overstep the boundary. You just need to move back. I love you from a distance. Bless your heart. You know, and that's it. No judgment. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, we all have the, the capacity and have had the occasion um, in, a, in a unique situation to give patience and tolerance. Um, but the second time it comes around, you know, you, you, doing it once can be a little on the noble side, but as soon as it's twice, then it's a pattern, and then you've just given away your power. So, exactly, yeah. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, do it a little, you know, but then people attach to you because they're needy and they want more and more, you know, and that's not okay. So, so you oh, know, you have, exactly. to, you have to get balance, you know. Yeah. yeah, as soon as they find out that, that you've got a, a, a kind heart and a big heart, um, and then they just keep asking and, and, and taking a little bit more, like draining draining your energy. And who's to yeah. say, who, who's to say uh, the, what is pulling their strings to be that way with you? Oh, exactly. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people now, if they've got an attachment, and, you know, most people come for healing. 98% of people have got a, an anarchy, draconian, or something attached to you. So if, if someone goes, you know, if you're a star seed and you get any vibration up, when you go near people, they might get aggressive and reactive, and you think, why are they doing that? Well, the answer is that it's not them per se. It's the being attached to them, uh, navigating them, you know, navigating their emotions. It's crazy, but, you know, you see it all the time. You know, if you go back to that Ted Bundy thing, you know, complete possession. You know, no human being can do that to 36 women. You know, it just, it's just, you know, impossible. So there was something influence, and of course, mentally ill may be, but there was also some other influence driving it, you know, because you could see it, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the documentary, you know, you could see it because this guy talked about it. Wow, his eyes went black. And if you ever see someone with an anti-attachment, if, you, if you're getting... If they're getting aggressive, you'll find their eyes go black. You know, it's really interesting. So, you know, just keep an eye out for that. It's really interesting. Yeah, so let me let me um, ask you a little bit more about um, the, the work that you do with all these people every week. Um, you said it's mostly healing, and, um, and people can go to your website, globalenlightenmentproject.com, and 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 yeah. sign up for you have a a, a a free meditation for the healing of the a global healing meditation yeah, it's, three times a week that people can sign up and participate. Yeah, yeah. It's basically an hour healing, and what we do is we work on most things. Uh, I run it for four hours afterwards. We normally have quite a few hundred people on it. Uh, please join, you know, I mean, it's by donation. We always say by donation if you want to make a donation. But, you know, I always tell people, remember, if you don't have any money, look, I've been there, I've got the T-shirt, and that one still come on it. It's okay, you know, it's there for people. And that's why I do it three times a week, Monday, 9 a.m. Central Time, Thursday, 5 p.m. Central Time, and Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. We do it three times a week. And that, you know, I always wanted to make sure because it's a non-for-profit, we'll make sure everyone gets a healing, even if they've got no money or, you know, struggling that's okay, you know, I want to make sure everyone gets a healing. But we also do one-to-one on Monday or Tuesday, we'll do one-to-one sessions. We do specialized groups, we have up to 20 people and they join and we speak to everyone first and then we do the healing after. Uh, that's three times a week, Monday evening, uh, 6 till 7, 
Tuesday, 5 till 6. Thursday, uh, what time is Thursday? Uh, 8.30 to 10.30. And we also have one in the afternoon, 2 till 4. And then on Friday, we just have one in the morning, which is 8.30 to 10.30. And, of course, we've got the protocol. We also once a month have sacred space sharing with my wife and I. We talk about, you know, we have a Zoom meeting and talk about the pyramid project, what's going on in the world, you know, and it's like a sharing thing. Everyone can share their ideas and that lasts a couple of hours. That's once a month, you know, normally the last uh, Saturday of every month. The, the last one was last Saturday. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on that, you know, that might help people, you know, we're here to help, you know, so. And is it, uh, is it interactive or are you making a presentation to listeners? No, no, it's interactive. It's just literally a Zoom meeting. So we just give an update on the pyramid project, what's happened and what we've seen. And then, okay, he wants to share things. And, you know, we unmute somebody and they'll share something. And then, you know, we talk about it and then unmute somebody else. It's interactive. Yeah, that's, you know, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's one great. You know, yeah, I think because it, it really gives a sense of community for people that feel oh, yeah. like they're all alone and, and that they're weird, uh, you know, and they're, you know, <laughs> They're not like everybody else, and I don't fit in. And I'm thinking, good for you. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> because, even try, you know, because you're not. Yeah, you know. I mean, who wants to fit in? I mean, and, and I just and what I tell starseeds over and over again, you're just trying to fit in with the wrong people. Yeah, when absolutely. you find your when you find your clan, when you find your 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 brothers and sisters, you know, from upper dimensions, you fit right in. With without even trying, so yeah, um, I think that would be kind of a fringe benefit for people um, joining in on all the um, gatherings that you do every uh, several times a week, just for that sense of of belonging to a greater oh yeah, and we've higher got, we've got uh, community, thing, which is free. It's just community. It's every Friday free. Come on, it you know it's it's three p.m. Central Line. We call it Heart Sharing Circle. And again, it's a Zoom meeting. People come on off and on. We run it for about four hours. We have a moderator, and people can talk to each other. And they do, you know, they do meditations, and it's just great. You know, if you want to be part of it, and if you get anyone who's rambunctious and starting to take over, we just, you know, we moderate it and just make sure everyone gets a chance. And we do that free of charge. You know, three or four hours, uh, normally three till six or seven, you know, Central Time. But it starts at three o'clock. And that's there for you guys, you know. Um, if you want to join it, you know, if you want to try it, you may not like it, but, you know, a lot of people Excellent. come on, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, we are. And, and you're, you're um, on your website, um, I saw a lot of um, book titles. Uh, I mean, uh, when I did the slideshow for tonight's radio show, I included all of the book titles um, and the, um, you know, in, Map of Intent, Something yeah, that you early, yeah, earlier mentioned <laughs> for for well, clearing, uh, I mean, clearing oh, your yeah, food before you eat it. Yeah, clear. there's one for spiritual attacks. If you get a spiritual attack, both radionic or you get an empty attachment attacks or remote viewers, say this spiritual attack prayer. You know, it's on the website. Another thing I'd really encourage people as a starseed that if you haven't got your vibration right there, we do have a prayer or a map of intent. The twenty seven esoteric Merkabah field prayer. And that is the most powerful prayer you can find, I think. You know, and again, it's my opinion. You may find something more powerful. But it keeps these entities out whilst you're doing your healing and whilst you're trying to raise your vibration. Because to me, one of the key elements is 
release an emotion. I mean, you know, we all ingest hundreds, probably 150,000 layers of emotion around the heart shock. It's way too much. That's why people are struggling. That's why you get a heavy chest, anxiety, depression. So, you know, um, that's why we fast track, you know, the mechanism of that being pull it out, biggest layer, next biggest layer. Uh, you know, we, we get rid of that a lot. But, you know, once you're doing these healings, it's really important. If you say that three times a day, morning, mid-afternoon, evening, it'll keep all these entities away whilst you're getting your vibration. When you've got your vibration up, they can't get near your field. You're good to go. But whilst you're transitioning to that, it's very important to say those prayers so you don't get those anti-attachments back, you know. So take advantage oh, yeah. of the prayers, print them out. You know, there's ones for food, there's ones for everything. I and mean, there's a load of meditations as well, brain series, a lot of meditations, detox meditation. It switches toxins out of this time to a different time, and the body draws them out of the space, so it detoxes your body without affecting your liver and kidneys. There's, there's a whole host of things. So just have a look, you know, if, if you're interested. Absolutely. I think a lot of people would be interested in how to um, neutralize the um, myriad effects of vaccines, because especially starseeds um, don't do well with any kind of pharmaceutical in the first place. So oh, no. uh, I think, yeah, we would we would be extremely interested in um, in helping people to um, find alternatives for neutralizing all that, you know, nasty chemicals and things. Absolutely, so this, this trips them all out. Wonderful. Oh, bless you! I Sorry? hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you're going to have to come back because I know that we only scratched <laughs> the surface. We only scratched the surface of of the um, information and, and teaching that you have to offer. And I do encourage everyone to check out uh, Christopher's website, globalenlighteningproject.com, and take advantage of all of the materials um, that he has there for you. And maybe we'll yeah, see you on you. one of the calls. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you all for having me. It's been absolutely wonderful. Bless your heart. It's our pleasure, and we look forward to having you back again. Oh, thanks, Ariel. Bless your heart. God bless. And yours as well. Thank you. So that's it for us tonight, boys and girls. And until we meet again in two weeks, I want to remind you to keep gratitude in your heart and give compassion anytime you can. Until next time. Bye-bye, everybody. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 